0: G'day, guys. Welcome to That Triathlon Life Podcast. I'm Ellie Salthouse.
1: I'm Zach Collins. I'm Eric Lagerstrom.
0: I'm Paula Findlay.
1: This is very long. I'm Nick <laughs> Goldston. That's what I was thinking Like as we were playing this. I was like, this is going to be like a 20-second long intro. <laughs> Wait,
2: Zach, when did it go from Zachy to Zach? I'm still calling you Zachy.
3: Well, everyone keeps pronouncing it wrong. So oh, really? Like, is it Zachy? Zacy. <laughs> well, it Zacy! Is- I yeah. thought
0: he was Zacy for the longest yeah. time from... But then I? it was
3: like, it started as Zachy, but then it just went to Zacy, and I was like, oh, I'm just going to cut it, Zach.
1: All right, well, nice. it, it, it's the new you. Okay, so who are it. they? Here's, here's what's going on. Um, if you're new here, Eric is me, Nick <laughs> and Paula. That's our normal tripod on this podcast. Paula and I are both professional triathletes, Nick's a professional musician and our best friend. And with us today, we have Ellie and Zach. Zach is Ellie's partner. Ellie is also a professional triathlete. You and Paula go like way, way back, like way further back than Paula and I go.
0: Yeah, we go back, uh, 2000 and well, actually we raced when I was just coming out of juniors. So I think I was maybe 19, 20 when we first raced. Yeah.
4: Yeah. I'd say we've probably known each other for 10 years and we both trained together under Siri Lindley for a lot of years. And we were the only, ITU short course athletes in the group so we ended up doing a ton of stuff together and uh, we both now transitioned to long course but Ellie and Zach have been training in Ben for the last two months almost yeah. um, sadly yeah. they leave tomorrow so we thought this was a good opportunity to get them on the podcast um, they have a, a lot of knowledge beyond maybe what we can share so I think it'll be kind of fun to get a perspective of some, some fresh people here
1: yeah, we're still doing the normal format. We'll go through some fun segments that Nick has prepared for us, and then we'll answer questions. So,
4: Zach, what is your role? <laughs> what, do you, what do you do dude?
3: Well, I kind of so I started off uh, owning a bike shop in Brisbane for seven years, and then I closed that. Uh, luckily, met Ellie, and then uh, we got together. But before that, we were training together. And then once the bike shop closed, I was able to travel overseas. And now I'm kind of like part-time coach, bike mechanic, and baggage handler of Ellie. <laughs> <laughs> You're a very good bike mechanic,
2: though. You're not just like a casual like I am. You're like Eric level. Maybe, maybe beyond?
1: I would yeah. say Zach has more more knowledge no, than, and experience than me.
2: We have a segment on the podcast called Bike Check with Eric, and we even have a theme song. So to, for these listeners to think that there's someone that knows even more than Eric oh. is
3: extreme. <laughs> I mean... I yeah, I don't know. I've just been doing it forever, so it's all I've known.
2: And didn't Zach, mm-hmm. you build up Or sorry, Zach now. Mm. <laughs> I'm going to have to transition to that. Yes. Didn't you build up Paula's bike recently at an important race? Emergency well, When build. my
4: When my frame craft cracked at the Collins Cup last it year— It cracked and cracked. <laughs> cracked, cracked. Um, I had to get my components transferred from the cracked frame to the fresh frame, and Zach did that, like, the night before the right. race. Um, so, yeah, full trust in his abilities. A crazy thing, though, in Australia— the brakes are flipped. What? Yeah. Are you kidding? Is I'm that not a joke? I'm
2: not kidding. I'm like not kidding. I mean, the wrong yeah. it is a joke. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's also true. Wait, it right? <laughs> okay, so uh, sorry, not to tangent, but on motorcycles too, is like the front brake on the left and the clutch on the right? Do you I know? don't know.
3: Ooh, actually. I'm not sure. Right, the clutch is on the left in, in Australia. For okay, the so, so same, uh, as, same as the US and Europe. Okay. okay.
2: Oh, that's interesting. Mm. Why?
0: So if you ever have to ride an Australian person's Bike. Wow. Just beware. Be but the
2: drivetrain's still on the right.
3: I know. Yeah. Yeah. It's literally that's just, that's it the actually only difference. Wasn't until I was building up Eric's tarmac, that I was like, you know what? Actually, this makes sense. Like the Australian way doesn't make sense, and just the cable routing. Like, mm-hmm. right, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. Anyway. Yeah. But yeah. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> we
0: won't say who's right and who's wrong. Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
3: Yeah. We're just different.
2: Um. Well. So. Okay. So you guys have been here for eight weeks yeah that's a that's a that's a long time and is the idea here that you're prepping for the us open in Milwaukee?
0: yeah that's pretty much it um i had a, a bit of a bad race in ibiza and we weren't actually planning to come to Bend, we were planning to go to saint george all along um but then paula and i got chatting in ibiza and she's like invited us out here and wanted to train together so that's how this happened it was kind of last minute and we've loved being here so yeah we feel really lucky Do
2: you feel like you got any of like a heat adaptation out here that you would have missed out on? Not really, right?
1: Dude, St. George is like the surface of the
3: sun.
0: Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. probably not heat adaptation, but definitely the altitude is a little higher than Mm -hmm. St. George. So I feel like that's going to fare well when we go down, hopefully. Um, So yeah.
4: Okay, so usually in this podcast, we do a little recap of like what's going on in the week. And none of us raced last week, so we don't have any race recaps. But Eric kind of on a whim one morning decided to start a TTL Strava group. With the idea that it would be kind of a platform for people to communicate and make comments and just have a community network that we've been trying to figure out, and
1: I just I, I just created one. I'm like, oh, I'll just try to like make a post and just
2: I don't know, just see how it works. I feel like you were on Facetime with me as you're creating it. You're yeah. Like, oh my god, it has a thousand members. Yeah.
4: <laughs> yeah. So there's a lot of members, but if you guys want to go join, we we'll would love it, and it is really for the benefit of everyone that wants to chat or connect or do whatever with other people in the community, we don't necessarily need to monitor it, but I think it's cool that we can go in and check and make events and stuff like that. Right.
2: Well, I would like yeah. to say right, right off the bat that I want to do uh like a kind of a very casual meetup trail run in the Santa Monica mountains within the next couple months. And I'll be posting, we'll talk about it on the podcast when it happens, but I want to post about it on there. And we'll have some maybe goodies even uh, for the podcast listeners, and that'll be a perfect place for that. You can you know set the route, get yeah. people to comment. Friends can see if each other are going.
1: Yeah, I think that would be that would be awesome. And if anybody wanted to do a similar thing, if you're in Kentucky and you want to like host a group run or something, I don't know, maybe reach out on Instagram or like make a post about it or something. That is exactly what we were hoping to have out of a Facebook group or any sort of a group is just that. Anybody who is, you know, what we love about TTL is that you see someone else with a TTL shirt on in a race, you feel like you have a friend, and if we, if you can do that in your own community, that's awesome.
2: Yeah. Also, I don't know if we mentioned that I'm here. I'm looking at all of you. In oh, the, yeah. In your oh, yeah. Right this now. is all,
1: in. we're looking at each other, into each other's eyes deeply, yes. not through screens. We are
2: live. I slept yeah. two hours and got on a plane and, and flew to Bend, so I'm in Bend right now.
1: We're going to do some cool stuff.
2: Yeah. Um, okay, so the first thing I want to do, uh, so Zach and Ellie, we do different segments on this show with cheesy theme songs that I write. It's, it's just, <laughs> a new segment is an excuse for me to write a little jingle. So, that's fine. So uh, the one I picked for you guys is called This or That. This or that
0: T-T-L. Uh, okay, yeah, like, we'll get it in later. I like that. Can Paula uh, sing it? Yeah. <laughs>
2: yeah. she has, I usually, sometimes I'll like. Lightly put her voice in there. <laughs> um, okay, so this one is going to be a USA versus Australia edition.
3: Okay. Um, so
2: you guys need to be honest about your opinions on the Australian version versus the USA version.
3: Okay, so you so you LA answer your first than me and we could like disagree. Yeah, yeah. you can definitely disagree. You right? can okay. just spit it out at the same also, time. Right? Also,
2: okay. USA and AUS, same letters. Yeah. Just different.
0: Just better with AUS. Yeah. Okay,
2: so first of all. Okay. American coffee or Australian coffee? Australian. Australian. Oh, too easy. Yeah. Easily. Any thoughts
0: Hands on down. why? Oh, Americans just don't know how to do coffee. Yeah, especially what? like
3: the Americano. It's a long black, like, I, I don't know. They but even
0: call it weird names, yeah. like mocha. Like mocha. <laughs> <laughs> like,
3: what is that? <laughs> I'm like trying to order like a latte, like, or like a flat white. Like, why no I can't no flat they, white. Why can't they <laughs> it?
2: Like
0: yeah. a flat white. Love
3: it.
2: Yeah, flat Yeah. Flatty. So, yeah. Um, also, by the way, my Google Home voice is in Australian, so I listen to Australian every day. Love it. That's the thing. If
1: this podcast runs long, nobody's going to be upset. No, just, yeah. Yeah. That's my
2: favorite accent. I, love it. I always send Australian girls. Just I like, hear the accent. I'm like, I, I'm, do I love you? Yeah. Yeah. Did I just fall in love? I think this is yeah. love. Is that why you asked to sit next to yeah. me tonight? okay uh, yeah. that's, that's what it is. Okay, next one. Cycling in the U.S. or cycling in Australia?
3: U.S.
0: Parts of the U.S. That one's very dependent on where you are. The U.S. is so –
2: the geography of it is so different. So so
1: the best U.S. riding is better than the best Australian riding. Oh, hands down. Yeah.
0: Yeah, Definitely. I feel like if you want places that are great for riding in Australia, you have to go kind of country. Mm. So there's not a lot of livability. Whereas places like Bend or Boulder, the cycling's really good. Everyone's really courteous, and you Mm. can also live there and have a social life and enjoy it.
2: Is cycling popular in Australia? Like – I'll just give you an example like in New York where I grew up no one rides bikes on the streets even though there's they could be good in LA everyone's riding all the time in Bend everyone's riding Mm. all the time is Australia kind of segmented like that or
3: I think it was maybe like five years Uh, ever since Cadell won the Tour de France it's really like gone like big time but like the big main cities cycling's like pretty popular like very popular but it's dangerous in the cities because we don't have the infrastructure like the bike lanes Mm -hmm. so
0: they have tried to build like a lot of bike paths and things like that, but obviously like multi-use paths, especially on a time trial bike, it's not yeah, ideal. So yeah. yeah, I guess for commuting, they have lots of access, but not so much for like road riding.
2: That's when people say like, is this city good for cycling? It's like, it's a, uh, maybe it's good for riding your bike to work, but yeah. that's yeah. not the same as doing 20 minute threshold intervals. Yeah. You know? yeah. Um, okay. Next music in Australia versus music in the U S this is my
3: personal question. <laughs> Oh, we, we don't compete unless you you love country like Ellie does, so.
0: <laughs> we have some good country singers and some Australian f- country, that's a thing. Yeah, it's yeah, a big oh, it's thing. Huge. Yeah, is isn't, I mean, isn't Adele Australian? No, she's British. Oh, she's
4: British. There's yeah. someone Australian is pretty famous. We have some
0: good rappers.
1: Bliss and so Yeah,
3: Bliss and Esso. Yeah. yeah. I love them. Yeah, Bliss and Esso, Aussie. Oh, also, um,
0: Stuck Underwater. Uh, Rufus
2: DeSalle, the they're Australian. Um, no way. Yeah. yeah. You
3: guys are crushing it.
0: We have some good DJs, too.
3: Yeah, 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 yeah. We do have some good DJs. Fisher. Uh, Okay,
2: here's a a good one. Winter in the U.S. versus winter in Australia.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Incomparable. Yeah, it doesn't get So where we're from in Brisbane, our winter is like mid-70s during the day. uh, So I wouldn't really call that winter. There's very few
2: places in the U.S. that can claim that. Mm. I don't know if there's any, to be honest. Mid-70s during the day in the winter. Florida,
0: maybe? Maybe Florida. Yeah, we have similar weather, I think. Phoenix.
2: I don't think they... I think it gets colder than that in Phoenix.
1: In the middle of the day, though? Maybe not in the middle of the day. In the the morning, it'll be be cold. In
2: the night, yeah, it's real cold in Phoenix. Yeah. 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 Uh, Cool. Okay, what about Australian food versus American food?
0: It's similar.
3: It's similar, but everything's, like, bigger here.
0: Yeah, Mm. portion's (laughs) definitely bigger. Not so much Ben, but I feel like we have more healthy options uh, yeah. overall. Yeah. Yeah.
3: And there's a lot mm. more sides. Like you can order like, like grits or something in the morning with like your eggs on toast. Like, no, I just, I don't need the grits. Like right. okay yeah. with my eggs Hold on the potatoes, please. Right. Yeah.
2: yeah. And then what about like, I have these separate, but maybe you can combine them. Social life and quality of life for the average person. Cause now you've spent a lot of time in the U S and you probably have a pretty good
3: idea of what it's like. Hmm socialising, I think maybe.
0: Oh. It's very similar. Yeah. I feel like Australia and the US, or at least the places in the US that we've been, is so similar. Like you can just like fit right in. Yeah. The socialising is similar. Everyone likes going to the cafes and the restaurants and just kind of hanging out. I mean, we like the laid back kind of atmosphere, which I feel like we can especially get here and bend.
3: Mm, but maybe like weekend activities, I think, because we're so used like all our main cities are pretty much on the coast, like everyone just goes to the beach mm. on the weekends. Whereas what we've seen here in Bend, like you go to a lake or something. So it's kind of similar, but mm-hmm. a little bit different.
2: And do you feel like the average income gives you a similar lifestyle here and there? Like what does it cost for a coffee? What's does it cost for a, out, to go, to, out to dinner? How often do people leave the house?
0: I think price-wise everything's quite similar except for the exchange rate. Mm. Like mm. it varies a lot. So for us, if like right now the exchange rate's pretty bad for us, Yeah. So everything now it becomes a lot more expensive just because of that. Mm. Um, But like a five dollar coffee here is pretty much a five dollar coffee back home. Like it's pretty comparable.
2: Yeah. Mm. Got it. Okay. So I don't know if you noticed, but we don't do like any ads on the podcast. And the way that we keep the podcast going is we have podcast supporters, and they can send in questions. And they can help support the podcast with their monthly subscription, which is how the whole podcast works. We just answer questions. So now we're going to move on to questions, and we hope that you'll help us answer these questions. Sweet. So first one is from Ella from Perth.
0: Wow, fellow Aussie. That's
2: right. Hey TTL, you guys are absolute legends. Love everything you guys do for the tri community. You guys are wicked. Is wicked in Australia? Oh yeah, really? Yeah, yeah, okay, got yeah. it. Right. It's like a boss.
1: You guys winter, have got these yeah. like super throwback slang words. Love yeah. it. Love yeah. it. Uh,
2: I was wondering how Far often out. we should actually replace or upgrade our bike. Do they have lifespan? Like I recently found out from you guys that helmets do. I'm a top age rooper and wondering if I should be updating my bike to keep up with the fastest model and those in the field that have quote unquote faster bikes. My has done me well so far. I have a 2018 Cervelo P3 currently and love it. Will it save me much time on the bike as I'm fighting for extra time saved in races? Love you guys and Flynn. Ella.
0: This might be a Zach question. Totally.
2: It's just funny because I feel like they're asking are the new bikes faster? Which to me, I don't know if that's even the right question to ask. Because are the new bikes faster? Like marginally faster. Yeah, that's the thing. It's
1: always going to be faster and you're going to you're gonna like it, yeah. More. I think that this comes down mm-hmm. to more like, do you want a new thing? And drivetrains have come further yep. mm-hmm. than the frame technology has, yeah. So mm-hmm. the speed is gonna come more. I think you're, you're, if you're gonna drop some money to try to get faster, I would look more into like upgrading your tire situation or like doing some wind tunnel time.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: But oh. a new, but sitting on a
3: new bike that's worth a couple watts, yeah, a couple of watts, or just change the cockpit, change your front end, mm-hmm. yeah. Like Eric said, get way more air at the front end.
0: Or the componentry so yeah. instead of a full upgrade.
3: Mm. What we've said before that this makes me think of is
2: when like I just had to do so so much maintenance on my bike and it cost a lot of money. It was a bunch of different components all at once. And that's maybe at a certain point. It's like that plus the excitement of a new bike mm. plus the very marginal gains of the aerodynamic advantage of a new frame. That's maybe when it makes sense. But yeah. like a carbon frame will last... It will outlast your desire to ride that bike.
3: Yeah, they give you lifetime warranty on, yeah. on some of the companies, which is crazy. I mean, great for the consumer. What even goes? Like, the housing around the bottom bracket?
2: Like, yes. what?
3: so Trek have got this thing where Fatigue. before... Fatigue. Yeah, they, they used to, when they had press in bottom brackets, they would, like, actually go out to 0.3 of a mil in the diameter, they would, like, stretch, and then you send your frame down to Trek... And they re-profile in the bottom mm, bracket and wow. send it back to you. lifetime warranty. That is nice. nice.
4: cool. I think what we talked about before is often buying a complete brand new bike is actually more cost efficient than oh. buying components by themselves.
1: For sure. So, the
4: <laughs> if you're gonna upgrade. But I think the most interesting comment was the front end. Like you can get so many aftermarket front ends. Ellie uses Tririg, I use Watshop. Those are relatively cheap compared to a new bike, but they can have massive arrow. Mm. changes. so And That's comfort. My sister. Yeah. And comfort,
3: yeah.
4: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah
2: cool. Yeah. Well, thanks for that question, Ella. Hopefully that answers it for you. But also, if you need us to tell you to buy a new bike, you should go buy a new bike. (laughs) Do it. But
4: how is the Cervelo P3 as a bike? Is it good? Of course. It's it's good. good It's very aero. It's like
1: marginally slower than modern-day
2: bikes. It's just an old bike. And and
4: in in 2018, did they have electric shifting yet? Yeah. Some. Because that would be a huge upgrade as well. Yeah. 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 I'm sure
2: it came as an option. My 2017 Venge has electronic shifting. Oh, it
1: does? Oh. I mean, like, I I send Nick a video about every other day with a camera that I want to buy. Do I need a new camera? No. But getting a new camera would make me really excited to go film things. That's and that's oh, yeah. and that's you know what, what makes we're talking you really about. Fast
2: on a bike, riding your bike a lot,
1: getting yeah. excited. So yeah. if that's yeah. what's
4: motivation. Make you on there. Great. Yeah. 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 That's yeah. why color matters too. Yeah. 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 Look
0: good, feel good.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. Next question here. It's a bike question again. I'm looking for a bike for my wife to help her get into triathlon, doing a sprint and Olympic in the future. I want to get a simple starter bike. The question is, when looking online through Facebook Marketplace, is there a big difference? Uh, slash what difference is there when buying a woman's bike? We were just talking about women's versus men's stuff and cycling over dinner. Um, she's a 54. I've only been looking for women's bike 54, but would it be okay to look for a men's 54? Thanks. Love the creation of the Strava Group, by the way. Congratulations on your engagement. Wow. Yeah.
1: We didn't even have to bring that up.
2: Yeah, well, it's I just see that there. But <laughs> <laughs> nice. Gentle reminder. Yes. Yeah. So what do you think? I mean- We were talking about like sit bone width. That could be a difference, but that's easily fixed with a different saddle, Saddle. right? Mm -hmm. And then like the body proportions are, can be slightly different with like a top tube.
1: Not like all women have shorter torso. That's not a thing.
3: And standover height of a bike, right? So in all the bike fits that I've done over the years, women have longer legs than men and dudes have shorter torsos, Mm. but handlebar width was a big one. So if you buy a 54 centimeter men's bike, you usually get 44 bars. But you buy a 54 ladies bike and it comes with 40 bars. Ah, so narrower Mm. bars. Yeah, but again, you can change it. The frame's the same. It's the same frame. Also- I just painted it in a purple color. I remember my bike
2: fitter going crazy about the bar width. Is that, how much of an issue is that?
1: It can be a huge issue. Really? Okay. Yeah. I mean, you could have numb hands or not, potentially. There was
2: actually a question about numb hands that I didn't put in, but that for sure was a bike fit issue. Yeah. Yeah. Do you ride
3: 42s or 40s? Forty twos. I did forties for a while back yeah. when I was like, oh, I'm,
1: fast, a, crit, fast, I'm a crit racer, yeah. I between <laughs> yeah. narrow
3: gaps. Well, I, I use thirty eights. So. Uh, yeah, I use thirty eights as well. Yeah,
0: and, and just for me, light. it's like a comfort thing. Yeah,
3: yeah, monitor a bit.
2: Yeah, bit in because you're cool.
4: But in terms <laughs> of men, in terms of men's and women's bike, Eric and I both ride the Shiv TT, which is a unisex bike. Same I would call tarmac, it a men's right? bike. Yeah. Same yeah. with the tarmac. Same with the speed concept. They're yeah. all unisex. Um, for men and women. Like your bike in a size small speed concept would be the same that a male would ride. Yeah, yeah.
2: It seems yep. like at a high same. level, the frames are going to be the same and they just expect do you have a wider sit bones? You're going to get the saddle that's appropriate for that. Do you have narrower shoulders? You're going to get the bars that are appropriate for Yeah, you for adjust the things accordingly.
4: Whatever. Yeah. But the frame, yeah. if you're looking on like eBay or Craigslist for, um, a new frame you can definitely include men's frames yeah yeah Yeah.
3: be easier
2: and is it is it like shoes where like eight women's and eight men's are completely different sizes not at all 54 is a 54 is a 54 yeah yeah cool um okay next question here is from audrey uh to all of us i did a two kilometer swim race this weekend and it was great the sylvan lake open water swim for your alberta listeners paula are you familiar very familiar. Very familiar. Although I definitely made more work for myself by swimming sort of zigzaggy instead of a straight line. The course was marked well, but clearly my sighting is cockeyed and needs work. LOL. It got me thinking, do any of you have the same issue, especially during races? What are some of your tips for sighting like a pro during the swim, especially if you're in an unfamiliar place? Absolutely love you guys and congrats on all the joy and awesome things happening in your lives. Thanks for all you do for triathlon and can't wait to meet you all at a race one of these days. Cheers, Audrey.
4: I just fell at Ellie's feet. <laughs> She's pretty That's straight. Easy. She's pretty <laughs> straight.
1: Not, don't lead. That's the hot tip.
0: Yeah, <laughs> um, I think the biggest thing is to practice it in training. Like like with anything, like you have to practice siding. Even though in a pool, obviously, it's a lot easier. You've got the black line. The wall's only 50 meters away or 25. But I think practicing the siding in training is really important. Um, like every four to five strokes or even more often, just lift your head. Like. As you take a breath Mm
1: -hmm. Like look at the blocks or something Yeah Cite something
0: Yeah, exactly
2: The biggest I had this problem big time as well And I just noticed that I was really reluctant to cite as much as I'm now really realizing I needed to Mm. I would cite like once every whatever 15 seconds, 10 seconds And that's enough time if you don't swim straight like me to go way off course Mm. So try try to cite more often And also I noticed that for me when I cite my entire backside of my body just sinks in the water a little bit more so optimizing that instead of like ripping your whole head out of the water just yeah. just enough so that your eye line right that's a good point uh, right before you like, breathe
4: you know people think that sighting means lifting their whole head out it really just means lifting your eyes out and then you can still breathe to the side so you're not changing your body position yeah. too much
2: so when you guys are <laughs> sighting how often out of 10 sights do you actually see the thing you're looking for
4: depends on the color of the buoy, the sunlight. Yeah. We'll just
2: say on average 7 out of 10 times. Yeah, so I think this is what's important to note is when you're sighting correctly, it doesn't mean that you have to see the thing you're looking for 10 out of 10 times. I think this is what age groupers ripped their whole head out of the water because they think every time they sight, they better see that buoy. Mm. It's okay Mm. if you don't, right? You're like drawing a vague image of where the thing is and maybe you see it 7 out of 10 times. So you're not – Really displacing your weight so strangely. Yeah.
4: Mm. The last thing about this is goggle choice. Like if it's yeah. sunny or cloudy, have different tints, like maybe three different kind of goggles for different sun conditions. And that'll help a lot with sighting. Mm. Yeah.
0: Also, if the buoys are really hard to see, like they're the same color as the water or something, it's, it's also helpful to have like a mark on the on the shore or something, like yeah. a building in the background. Trees. That you right. can red you roof. Know, sight until you can come close enough to see the buoy.
4: Yeah, the, the buoy lines up with a red roof. Just sight for the red roof. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: yeah a it is point. funny, I think for the pros, it is a little easier though because you guys are way more compact. Everyone is swimming a much straighter line and maybe it's even like a pace line style thing. Whereas for SA droopers, it can be like a 40-foot wide lane just roughly going in the right direction yeah um, okay, next question here is from Zarek, spelled Z-E-R-Y-C-K. That's awesome. There's a, wow. a lot of fun letters in there. Um, hey, guys, long-time listener but first-time writer. Got the pleasure of meeting Nick at 70.3 Morro Bay and was not at all surprised at how friendly he was. It was my first 70.3, and after I told him how much I crushed my goal by, he cracked a joke by saying, well, you must be bad at setting goals. Super cool being able to run into one of you guys at a race environment. I don't remember that. I would have never said something so rude. Uh, my question is this. I started triathlon about a year ago. I just completed my first 70.3, and I'm competing in my first full distance in Italy in September. I plan on running a 100K ultramarathon in April of next year, and hopefully a 100-miler at the end of 2024. Do you think I'm taking on these distances too quickly? I'm 23 <laughs> and have not been struggling with any injuries while training. Just wondering if you guys recommend building a base over the course of a few years before handling these large distances. Will it hurt me in the long run? Thank you so much for the pod and all that you guys do. Ecstatic to feel like I'm part of this community. So first of all, before we talk about the health issues here, like even if this person was guaranteed not to get injured, I, I'm kind of thinking, like, why are you rushing this stuff? These are that's huge, my amazing, thought. awesome yeah. things to do. It's kind of cool to to yeah. be hungry for them before you do. Are
1: them. we trying to like get through the hundred miler? Then we're gonna switch to climbing Kilimanjaro, right? And then we're gonna like <laughs> Where, take up w- wing surfing, and then we're <laughs> like, if that's it, then okay, like I get it. Yeah, and who cares it. if you wreck your body because you can go on to the next thing? But if you're like, I want to be a lifelong runner, personally, I would like. Really nail fifty ks, yeah. Mm-hmm. Own that, and then let the excitement for the hundred miler. Fill in. I,
4: th- I think if he has a resilient body that he doesn't get injured a lot, and it interests him way more. Like, why not? Often, when you're younger, you're like more resilient to bounce back from fatigue and long stuff. I I, the, re- the reason I say
2: why not is because I'm I'm wondering, like, I mean, it's like a therapist thing to say, like, why are you doing these things? Are you trying mm-hmm. to check things off of a list? Are you trying to mm-hmm. escape from something? Or do you love doing them? And if you yeah. love doing them, why are you rushing through them? Like this is you. F- you know how rare it is for people to find something that they love to do in their life. Yeah. You found it. Like savor every second of it. Stretch it out as long as possible. Don't, Don't rush burn through. Out. it. Yeah, yeah.
3: the burnout. Yeah.
2: Right. But that being said, what about the physical side of this? What do we think of doing all of this at once? Like I what's think the time span? Like a, a year.
1: A year to get to 100 miles. Yeah. I mean, that sounds risky to me, just based on the conversation we had with my sister. Yeah, that's what but I maybe you can pull it off, but is it worth risking it? I guess that's a question you have to ask yourself.
0: Mm. Yeah, and how long do you want to continue doing 100-mile runs? Or like, do you want to run for 10 more years, two more years, like... One What's the done. longevity here? <laughs>
2: one
4: and done. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'll do like, one and done
1: with the hundred. If it's nine, one
3: right? and done, <laughs> then I guess <laughs> go for it. Why not? There are
2: people yeah. that can kind of like with not a lot of training do races like this and not really hurt themselves. Yeah. yeah. The racing, but mm-hmm. so it's amazing. Yeah. So the problem is I feel like you don't really know it until you do it. And sometimes if you're not those people, it's too late once you find out. Mm-hmm. And then you like pick up some lifelong injuries that are
4: annoying. yeah just stick with 70.3 for now it's way more fun to train for agreed ellie? yeah me and ellie have no interest in doing it full no sounds terrible never and <laughs> definitely
0: not a hundred mile run
2: you can have that zarek Damn.
3: yeah
2: yeah never ever zach have you ever done any ultra marathon or anything like that
3: i've never run more than 21k oh really that's it would you rather do a
1: we'll just say 100k would you rather do a 100k or an iron man
3: Iron Man I think Iron Man's easier Iron Man Is that crazy to say Yeah, yeah I would do Iron Man
0: At least you got three things Yeah Just like mix it up a bit
3: Yeah 100k run
0: <sighs> That's a lot of running Sometimes 1k feels like a lot Yeah Yeah,
3: <laughs> yeah nah Iron Man uh, Do you see it in your future Zach? Only if you do it with me We gotta tee it up
2: I'll, I'll do it I'm definitely And we'll, definitely gonna and we'll do it
3: together Like slim together Hand in hand Ride together hand. Maybe get a five minute drafting penalty <laughs> <laughs> And just run together.
2: Yeah, that sounds pretty fun, actually. It would be good. That sounds fun.
0: Are you going to cross the line, like, hand-in-hand, hand, like, Yeah, yeah. Kissing, kissing. Yeah,
2: yeah, ideally. I th- would you get penalized for that? No. Hand-in-hand? Hand? Yeah. No way. No, as long as you're both participants. Yeah, yeah. 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 Okay, that's fun. Um, okay, next question here is from Fletch. I bought a DeBoer wetsuit off the recommendations you all had for them. I got last year's Fjord 2.0, so was able to save a bit of cash. The wetsuit feels great. The upper body, particularly shoulders, feel amazing. I am, however, struggling to get the legs off quickly. The wetsuit gets stuck around my ankles and feet. Do any of you have this issue? I've heard trimming the suit might help, but cutting it up worries me, especially with something so nice and expensive. Fletch. So wetsuit companies have been kind of implementing this a little bit into their designs. Yeah. But should you still, like if this is a problem, should Fletch cut more out of the wetsuit? You definitely can.
1: And if my mental picture serves me correctly. DeBoer actually has several seams across like extra reinforced sewing stitches across the seam at the ankle where, which leads me to leave. If you don't cut through that, that sew mark, those are like notches that will keep the suit from like ripping further. And back Mm -hmm. when we swam in blue 70, the bottom like six inches of the ankle was also reinforced at the seams so that you could, I would take off like a centimeter, centimeter and a half at a time to test it. Don't just take off, you know, half the leg.
4: I would take off like six inches, honestly. And is it
2: just straight
4: around or do yeah. you do like a V cut in
2: the
0: back or anything? I, no, like I would just so. try, try to
1: mimic whatever the stock shape
0: is. Yeah. Do you cut your wetsuit early? No, because I, I wear zoots so and they're typically like a higher wetsuit. They come like. Pretty much like high cuff for I me. Mean, oh, so really? Yeah, I never have a you problem don't have to. Like mm-hmm. getting caught on my feet and ankles, but I do use a ton of body glide as well. Right around so there, both like that on the help. bottom of the suit, inside and out, so it slips off pretty easily.
2: I think the body glide is actually a great tip for this, though, because I remember mm-hmm. the first time I put body glide around my ankles, how much easier it was to get the wet side Slide it off. off. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So if you don't know what a body glide is, look it up and you can use that on your neck too to and stop chafing yeah. it's like gel.
0: Vaseline. Yeah, you can also use baby oil too. That works great. I yeah.
2: remember reading that body glide, like Vaseline you should not use with wetsuits. Yeah. Because it can actually break down the wetsuit material. Yeah. And for Mm. The pros who get free wetsuits whenever they want, that's not a problem. But for us mortals, like
4: (laughs) me and Zach. Use the $20 bodyguard too. (laughs) Um,
2: uh, And I don't know about baby oil, but I do remember reading that you you shouldn't use Vaseline with a wetsuit. Okay, next question is from Bella. Bella. Congrats on the engagement, Paula and Eric. I and all of TTL NASH are excited for you both. I, Zach and Ellie, I don't know if you know this, but um, we have a lot of pet names for the listeners. We call them our kids. We right. call them TTL Naish. It's like short for nation. Yeah. So Cute. that's what we're referring to here. Yeah. Um, uh, Uh, I and TTL Nash, all of TTL Nash, are so excited for you both. I was wondering if you ever find it hard to eat healthy foods during the day between your workouts. Eric, this reminds me of something you said today. Obviously, fueling to perform and recover well is a priority. However, I find this difficult when I have multiple workouts in a day, as it can be hard to balance eating healthy, nutrient-rich foods with not feeling too full in my workouts. For example, if I have a lunch with lots of veggies— I often feel sick in my afternoon workout. To avoid this, I often find myself eating carbs pretty much all day, for example, toast with peanut butter on repeat. Sounds like someone I know. (laughs) Uh, And then before I know it, it's dinner and I've barely eaten any veggies. I'm curious to know how you guys deal with this. Keep up the content. Your podcasts and YouTube videos are always a highlight of my weeks. All the best for your races ahead, Bella.
1: Pretty much just described (laughs) my diet.
2: Eric today was telling me, he's like, I need sugar constantly all throughout the day. It's the only
1: way I can keep going. Yeah, veggies in the middle of the day definitely do not work for me. Mm. Higher fiber things before a run don't really work. Like for me, about an hour and a half before the session is like kind of where the line is, where I can eat something relatively significant and not have a problem while running. Biking is is less of an issue. You can usually like... have a peanut butter and jelly sandwich mm. like twenty minutes before going biking, swimming too, and as long as it's not like max efforts. Yeah, swimming—it's not fun to feel bloated, is it? It feels like kind of hard to engage your core for me. But um, no, it's 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 for sure a struggle. But I think if you just make sure that you always get a good big salad in the evenings, mm. that's great. I also mm. just also just started trying some athletic greens, athletic for, greens. The, for the mornings. Is that? Exactly. I was actually
4: going to say, athletic Greens sent us this giant box of stuff, which we're very grateful for. I've never really tr- – I tried it the last couple of days. And I've I been do. on and
1: off into it for, like, a while. Yeah, I
4: like the taste of it, and it is a way to kind of get a lot of vitamins and stuff in the morning um, when you'd normally just be having toast and peanut butter. But yeah. I'm actually curious to hear Ellie's nutrition
0: advice. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I wouldn't necessarily say that toast and peanut butter is bad. I mean, I mean, it's mm. high carb, high fat, which is kind of what you need to feel your workouts. And if you're having, like – hard sessions that day, you definitely need something that's going to keep you full and, like, obviously give you enough energy to complete the workout. So I would say, as Eric and Paula mentioned, like, try getting, like, heaps of greens with dinner, something that you can, you know, easily sleep on. And then throughout the day, like, have things that keep you full, like oatmeal, yogurt, like, things like that that will fuel your workouts but not make you feel bloated or, you know, hungry.
2: Mm. So for people who don't know, why would I... Why would I not eat? Like, okay, so Bella feels not great when she eats vegetables, but some people can't eat gluten. Some people can't mm. eat lactose, right? Mm. But there's something about vegetables that that's a common thing. What is it about vegetables or salad or high fiber foods that makes it so that it gives you a ache?
0: It's, it's actually the breakdown of the fruits and vegetables in your stomach that create like gas, basically. So they go through you really quickly as well, and often that's not great, especially if you have a run in the evening. Yeah, um, yeah. you'll have a run Arthur. run. run. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you'll be running to the bathroom. Yeah. yeah, I do. I think you can compensate a lot at dinner
4: time yeah. and yeah. eat a lot of veggies at dinner more than you would, more than another person might, because you're not eating them in the day, and that's totally fine. And I don't think that our diets look picture perfect because we are trying to eat so much, so mm. we're not afraid to like have chocolate and have a treat after dinner and stuff like that just to get enough calories. But we try to make sure our dinners are pretty healthy and heavy on the veggies. I think all, all of us do. Yeah. yeah. You
3: can do like a trial and error as well. Like ever since um, Ellie started running in the afternoons, I'm a terrible runner in the afternoon because I can't get my eating right. So I'm four hours before I run. I have four. to have a huge That's like a two packets of oats and yogurt four hours and then I can then I'm fine. But mm-hmm. anything, like, three hours, I'm in trouble.
4: Yeah.
3: But that's just me. You just know your body. Yeah, it was yeah. trial and error. Well, yeah, what think. about, like, a
1: like a white bagel? Like, can you have that pretty close? Like, I had, we both had, like, a white bagel with butter. jam, bottle j- butter, like,
3: an hour before we did our hard run. And I actually showed up and was, like, a little bit hungry. I definitely did not have any stomach problems. I think in the morning I'm fine. Like, in the morning, but in the afternoon, for some reason, I'm just mm. no good. I don't know what it is. I go through
1: phases too. Yeah. Mm. With it where it's like every afternoon anything is a run to the bathroom. Yeah,
4: Ellie and I have to race at four PM in Milwaukee. Yes. So we're a little concerned about that. Risky business. Yeah. But we've done we've been doing some sessions later in the day just to kind of trial and error, like Zach said, what feels good at that time. And Mm -hmm. I think the key to that is eating a pretty big meal four or five hours before. So you're not just eating breakfast and then kind of waiting for the race. You have to eat enough within this window where you're not going to feel like bonked in the race. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: yeah. To go back to the original thing about eating the veggies, I do think something like Athletic Greens is a pretty good solution. It's, mm. I, it's I don't think it's going to be as good as eating real vegetables, but it's definitely better than having nothing. And I do think it tastes great. It's like a, it's just
1: like a, it's like a Band-Aid or it's like a... This is
4: not a paid ad, you guys. No. Cause Cause it's, it's, they did send us free Athletic Greens. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I just, I, I don't think it's like a replacement, but it's a good... Add on, yeah, Yeah. to just like give you some sort of a baseline,
4: and I, I like how they've kind of revamped their branding and stuff. Like it's gotten cooler. Oh yeah, yeah. Ag one. Well, yeah. Are we? Marketing
2: Is it even called Athletic Greens anymore?
4: It might just be called Ag one. I mean, yeah, it's called Athletic <laughs> Greens. But <laughs> like the boxes that it came in and all that is kind of are kind of cool. But, if you're someone yeah. like
2: me who struggles to eat any vegetables, definitely Athletic Greens is
4: better than First nothing. We're yeah. they put you on
1: like the Athletic Greens yeah. drip. <laughs> sometimes
4: <laughs> yeah. I sometimes I put it in smoothies too. I don't know if that's like not allowed. But we've yeah. been hitting the
1: smoothies good. hard lately. Yeah, that's a great found idea. New, found yeah. a new bend smoothie spot thanks Actually, to the Australians. Smoothie is not bad because oh. it's
2: kind of like. I don't want to say pre-digested, but it's like pretty broken down already. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Faster. Well, and you can add like your protein powders, which will keep you full. Yeah, so that's something that like Bella could look at. She said she's hungry, so instead of reaching for like the snacks or whatever, you can have like high protein. I'm still gonna be reaching for snacks. You could put oats in it. That's like gonna keep you full for long. Yeah, I guess like back to
1: basics. No matter what you do, like immediately after that workout, have the have the food as quickly as possible. The worst case scenario is you (laughs) like don't eat immediately, and then all of a sudden it's been 45 minutes and you have 45 minutes till the next session, yeah. and you're like, That's oh, the I now be- have to choose between burping the whole yeah. run or bonking the yeah. whole yeah.
0: run. <laughs> burping or bonking, nothing yeah. in between. The, the, yeah. the
1: awful bees.
2: <laughs> um, okay, next question here is from Jackson. Would you consider using your core body temperature monitor while racing to track data? Mm. It could show at what temperature failure occurs or power losses compared to core body temperature. Figured this could be considered since it is small and light. This is in reference to a question. Did you post about using this? We talked about it on the podcast. Oh, okay. okay. Great. Also, in
0: your story, you put it up. Yeah. I just put this in. um,
4: It can be a quick answer, but my coach, Paulo, said that they're actually a little bit less accurate used outside in the wild versus like stationary. I don't know if that's true or not, but. Mm,
1: Because, like, maybe wind.
4: Yeah, there's, like, like way more external variables when you're outside. Mm-hmm. But I, knew, I do know that the Norwegians use them outside, and they race with them as well. Mm-hmm. It's a really small device that just slips onto your heart rate strap, so there's no downside, really. Unless you're, like, living by the number and, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. it I think might in- not be accurate.
1: I think what's interesting about, like, the Norwegian, like, they have so much data, yeah, right? Like- it's like... Oh everybody yesterday just started to start pricking their fingers to get lactate but like those guys have been taking lactate lactate measurements at every session since they were 4 years old yeah. Yeah. so they know like what a real, realistic amount of variability is and same thing like with the core temperature sensor if they're yeah. wearing it every single day they know they know like oh that that session doesn't actually mean anything cuz i have enough data to like
2: mm, is mm. it something that you can actually read real time like on a head unit or does it have to calculate and download
4: yeah, it can show up on your Wahoo or your whatever your head unit is. It shows up as o- muscle oxygen saturation, oh, but, but it's actually the temperature. Got yeah, it. it just reads it as that as you're pairing the Bluetooth. Got
0: it. Like, would you want that daughter in front of you? Like, what what would you do with it? Like, I've never used yeah. one, so, yeah, what would you do with it? You see it rising and then...
4: I think the Norwegians use it to moderate their effort. Like, if mm-hmm. in Kona, really? if they're getting into the 39s... like back off that means trouble yeah so there is like an ultimate
1: speed limit just like a power meter
4: yeah i think that's that would be the point of it yeah It'd be like heart rate, like oh my gosh, my heart rate's so like high. over two hundred. I need to back off. Right. Yeah, because yeah. I cannot sustain this. Yeah, like cruise through
3: yeah. an aid station, put some ice on your head, watch yeah. your
2: body to oh, drop. Oh, well, that's a that's a perfect
4: mm. example of how it would not be as accurate, right? If you yeah.
2: pour cold water yeah. over yourself yeah, and it I don't hits know that sensor, it's, 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 yeah. it's going to go down. Yeah,
4: yeah. So much, I don't know exactly how it works, but I, I also do think it might be more applicable in a hot Ironman than in what the kind of racing we're doing, because mm. mm. we're
2: just going all oh, out wow. no matter what. Yeah. 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 Yeah, that's interesting. Cool. Mm. Um, okay, next question here is from Ethan from Wisconsin. Hey, guys, my question is for the boys. <laughs> Sorry, Paula and Ellie. He didn't say Ellie, but I'm I'm throwing that in there for us <laughs> here. Uh, I've been doing a lot of research lately on athletic underwear. Seems to me that there's not a lot of great options out there for active people... <laughs> Zach is licking his lips. Uh, (laughs) What what underwear brands, types, lengths do you guys like to run in that keep everything comfortable? I would really appreciate the help on this since I have bought quite a few different brands and styles and can't seem to find anything that doesn't either ride up, get too warm, or cause chafing. Thanks for your expertise, gentlemen. Ethan from Wisconsin. All right, Zach, you are frothing at the
3: mouth. (laughs) Let him at it. For a long, long time, I have never worn underpants. Like, while... Running or any sport, it just I need I actually need a bit of movement, otherwise, I get like hot. So, what I would do and what I've done is I've trialed a lot of different pants with the netting, mm. and like because I don't want to just run around with no netting, right? You know? <laughs> <laughs> and neither does anyone else. when you say
4: netting, do you mean like the built in underwear, the liner,
3: yeah? Um, and that for me now feels normal, like that's what I like to train and run in because I don't want the underpants like riding up, especially around like your top quads. I don't know if you guys get that, but like, it feels uncomfortable.
4: I don't think Eric's ever worn underwear this yeah, way. I, I, I,
0: I don't wear
1: underwear for walking around, that's let well alone running.
0: Yeah. Neither does Zach. That sounds and horrible. No, not really. Six, 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 six. Six. Not, not in the summer. Zach owns one pair of underwear, and it literally sits beside the bed, and he puts his phone nice on it so it, it doesn't vibrate. My guy. <laughs> My, guy.
4: My guy. That's, that's,
1: that's what right. I'm talking about.
0: That's, right. like that's his only use.
4: That's it. <laughs> I'm pretty sure Eric only has one pair as well, and they're Saks brand. S A X. Sax is really
3: high. Quality. Oh,
1: shout, shout out to Colin, Paula's brother, for getting those for me. Yeah, <laughs> got yeah. a sweet shark print on them.
5: Yeah,
3: but yeah, I, I would suggest try not wearing undies. Just yeah. buy some netted.
1: Yeah. When I when I I shouldn't even talk about this because I got people got very upset for my comments about. Earplugs ear last week, but like when I imagine running, like doing a, a workout today, like wearing any of my underwear underneath my track shorts, I just like I couldn't. It, I just I get stressed. It yeah. sounds <laughs> so restrictive and and hot. Hot,
3: you yeah. get hot. Like you get hot. Like I, like this area. Like your groin gets hot. It, is. it yeah. does. It does hot. get hot. Of course. Yeah.
4: Nick, yeah. you wear underwear. Yeah, I
2: wear underwear when I run usually. Yeah, um, I've just recently started to. Not with run specific shorts that have a liner. Yep. But if a short didn't have a liner, I would wear underwear with it. And I really like, I wear the Lululemon underwear and it's super comfortable. Sometimes like the very, like, uh, I forget what they call it, but some is like really has like a compact effect and some is like way more breathable and loose. And Mm. Mm -hmm. I just think it's the material that they use is comfortable. I never have issues with
4: chafing. The only underwear I wear, not that this was directed towards us, is Lululemon. Yeah. I man. love Lululemon underwear. I do think the material is really good and it's um good for working out. I great. don't think
2: Lululemon is, is, is alone here though. I think if you get any like premium quality underwear, it's going to have this a similar yeah, effect. Yeah. That's going to be very comfortable and avoid chafing. But I have been experimenting with not wearing underwear with a liner and it's been great. It's, and it's also one less thing to wash, yeah. which I appreciate. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So if you're like looking for a pair of run shorts with a liner, do you then look for a, like a kind of like a mesh kind of liner, or well, that's the
2: lightest like, possible. Are, are yeah. we talking about the ones that have like the built-in like basically like briefs down, or yeah. are you talking about yeah. the ones that are like uh, the t tail ones? It's like it's like
1: a, a yeah, like a very yeah. lightweight a plug, yes. like <laughs> a very lightweight brief, like literally like a speedo yes. type yes. of cut, nothing touching your legs. No. Right.
4: Zach actually ordered the women's TTL shorts to run in, and he said he likes them. I ran oh, in them yesterday.
3: Them. So I, I usually wear a men's small, and I ordered a ladies' medium, and I ran in them yesterday for an hour 15. Brilliant. Love them. Yep.
0: <laughs> and they have the
3: lineup. And they have the lineup. full they nice and short, right? They're very short, yeah. 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 Like, it was great. I yeah. had, I Yep.
4: Nice, thanks, Zach.
3: Yeah, well, thanks for thanks for that plug. I think,
4: yeah. still, I think we still have those in stock. So if you're Guys. You a
2: date in Australia, wear women's medium and or no underwear at all. Yeah, yeah. no, yeah. Underwear, no, no underwear, underwear.
0: underwear. You'll be in. You're in.
2: Okay, and last question here, and we can get philosophical with this one if we feel like it. Hello from Chicago. Congratulations on the engagement. I've been here since day one. And when I saw the Instagram post, I screamed. (laughs) Anyways, Eric, how does your training differ with a bike race in the mix? Do you keep everything the same or do you add more bike-specific workouts and maybe get rid of a swim or run? I'm looking to do a gravel bike race as well as gravel tri in September. Also, I look forward to cheering on Paula on in Milwaukee. My husband and I will be there. So. And Ellie, of course, if she knew Ellie was here, we, this, we're springing this as a surprise on everyone. Yes. So, um, so this is the question, like it, it, what it makes me think of is how I love that training for triathlon allows you to be like, yeah, I'm going to do a half marathon race next weekend yeah.
5: and I can mm-hmm. be like
2: fairly competitive at it. Or like, oh, my friends just invited me to a trail running trip. Yeah, I'll go. I can do it. Or a century bike ride. Yep, I can do it. But how much does that, like, how much can you push that into, like, okay, but here's a hundred mile mountain bike race that you want to perform at? Like, how much do you start shifting things towards that?
1: I don't know if if I'm really the best example because I didn't shift anything at all. Mike, I wouldn't say that Paulo doesn't approve, but he's just kind of like, okay, whatever. If you want to do a hundred mile mountain bike race, like, you're a big kid. I'm not going to stop you. But (laughs) that's our coach. That's our coach, Paulo. Um, but I really didn't do any specific preparation for it. That being said, for
4: but Eric did grow up mountain biking. Like I think there's very few triathletes you could put on a mountain bike yeah. and would have the skills even Not to like do did it. He
2: grow up mountain biking. Mountain biking is a huge part of his day-to-day training. training. Yeah. yeah, like if yeah. you put
4: Ellie and I on mountain bikes, oh my god, and told us to go do a hundred miles, we would take
0: a week. I'll be in the emergency <laughs> room <laughs> in the first mile. Yeah, me too.
1: Yeah, so I guess that, I don't know if if people are aware of that, but yeah, I do mountain bike several times a week, at least. I'm doing intervals on the mountain bike right now as I train for Xterra, but uh, my training is much more focused right now on the Xterra distance of riding for an hour and 10 minutes and running a 10K. But I do think that just the sheer volume that we do, like we're still doing a four-hour ride on the weekend and we're doing an hour and 20-minute run with intervals and everything. like uh, We're training 24, 25 hours a week, and i think that's what you would be doing total aerobic volume yeah. to get ready for something of that length now like that said for next year what i would do differently is i would for sure put in like a couple of 5 hour rides and maybe make make those mountain bike rides maybe but the thing about this was also like a lot of like the de- decisive moments in this were not on single track the decisive moments were like dual track dirt road climbs Thanks this is just fitness. Yeah. This is like 70.3 <clears throat> bread and butter. How hard can you go for like a 40 minute climb and then recover and do it five more times. But it's, it's not, it wasn't like when you watch a UCI world cup and they're doing like 800 Watts mm. for 10 seconds over and over and over. And, you
2: know, that's funny. Cause this feels like a direct contrast to what Paul has been experiencing with the time trial championships and stuff where she has been doing more specific training for it. But, it's not, like you said, it's not 70.3 bread and butter. Mm-hmm. Like, what was your total race time in Canada? 30 minutes? 20-something minutes?
4: For the TT? Yeah. Yeah, that's the opposite end of the spectrum. Yeah. It was 40 minutes. So but it's different. I did change my training for that a little bit, though. I yeah, think, yeah, that's what I'm saying. I yeah,
1: think yeah. the bigger difference here, though, is that's a national championship, and this was a mountain bike race in Bend mm. that I wrote, that I could go to from the door. Like, th- It was actually pretty competitive, but I wasn't going into it like— man, I got to be on the podium. This is a career thing. This was me dipping my toe in it. And next time, yeah, I'll do some more specific preparation, specifically around fueling heat and then just a couple more longer rides. Mm.
2: Mm. Well, okay. Zach and Ellie, I know you guys do like, uh, I think you're the one who taught me about this term, park run. Mm. Is that right? Yeah. yeah. So that's a little different, right? But, and and also the stakes are a little bit lower for that. But how would you approach something like this? Like the equivalent of a hundred mile mountain bike race, maybe if you had like 140 mile, road race that you were going to do? How much would you... 140. I'm just saying 100 mile mic, mile bike race might equate to 140. An eight hour
3: effort. Yeah. yeah. Well, Yeah. so in January next year, I'm going to compete against the elites in the road race and that's 185K. So I'm going to drop one swim a week and I'm going to drop one run a week and ride five to six days a week. Um, but like Eric said, it's not about... The, the the fitness of the 185k it's literally like okay there's a 5 minute climb and an 8 minute climb and there's 13 laps how many times can i get around with the pros mm-hmm. before i get shelled so i've got to train that 5 to 8 minute power mm. so i might do a couple of 5 6 hour rides but i've got to focus on the 5 to 8 minute power just to make each lap yeah so yeah, yeah. Ellie, do you see just yourself in that as well
0: uh, well, like Paula, I actually did the National Time Trial Champs in Australia earlier this year, and I changed my riding a little bit. Like we were doing a lot of five- and six-minute efforts just because that's how the course worked out. Um, I think the way the course was, I ended up being out there for like 45 to 50 minutes. It was a similar distance, I mm-hmm. think. Um, so, yeah, I mean just spending a little bit more time in that really precise zone, I guess makes it a bit more catered to that so,
2: like, okay now for all of you except for I guess Eric who you have not spent a significant amount of time shifting away from your regular triathlon training to focus on one of these races yet is that true?
1: I mean my shift has been from 70.3 training to Xterra training right. so shorter mm-hmm. bike intervals basically. so
2: my question for you would be because I'm thinking as an age grouper, like okay now I'm concerned about my run and my swim fitness or if it's a swim race my run and my bike fitness whatever mm-hmm. it is How do you, do you just like totally not think about that? Or do you try to limit the damage as much as possible? Or do you kind of think, well, actually I'm doing all this extra volume on the bike. That's going (coughs) to keep things kind of rolling along at a similar level.
1: Yeah, I, I, I think so. And Paula and I were just talking about this the other day, actually. Like she has like, as a result of injuries rather than by choice, has gone through some like six month periods where she's really focused on the bike and come out the backside of it running really well as a result of like she's so strong on the bike gets done with the 70.3 bike distance is not as tired as she would have been overall fitness is higher and can still run pretty well even though like you haven't done as much run volume yeah mm-hmm. so i i think if you're going to focus on a thing like don't stress about these other things like take that moment to really enjoy focusing on the thing whether it's the bike or the swim or the run and you can you can pick up the other. And it's going to be there, and your total aerobic volume is going to be there.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah. Fitness but, is fitness. Yeah, I think also keep your expectations in check. Like, are you doing this additional event as to supplement, say, a seventy point three in a couple months, or are you doing it as your A race of the year, your yeah. mm-hmm. primary focus? I mean, if it's not your primary focus, then keep up the yeah. the other two. Yeah. If not, then drop the other two and or lessen it, and then. You know, increase the bike or the run or whatever it may be. Yeah,
1: yeah you could think of it as like capping off a bike specific block. Yeah. Mm. yeah totally. With a little bit of an emphasis on the bike.
2: Yeah, yeah. cool. I think there's a lot of A Troopers that we have this, right? It's like, oh, a bunch of my friends are doing a century. Yeah. Like, mm. I guess yeah. I need to prepare a little more for that than yeah. my regular No, that's, like that
1: I training. think you nailed it initially. This, that is the beautiful thing about like the fitness that we've all accumulated being triathletes. You can jump in any yeah. of this stuff that yeah. you want to and, and enjoy it because. You just have the built-up fitness over you.
0: Perma-fit. perma <laughs>
4: Yeah.
1: Perma-fit. <laughs> I
0: like it. Yeah. Thus, I think also if you're aiming to do like a gravel race, just spending extra time on the gravel bike is yeah. gonna mm. automatically, you know, make you a little bit better. Yeah. Like if you're spreading your time across three separate bikes right now, and then you spend more time just on one specific bike, I feel like that's gonna help, right?
1: Also, r- riding gravel makes you hella strong. Oh yeah. Legit. It yeah. does.
2: And it's kind of nice where you're like, oop, can't call an Uber from here. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Got to get back. You, you just
1: naturally, you just naturally push a few more watts yeah. on the gravel, just like when trying to maintain it. speed and fun. yeah, gravel grinding.
2: Love it. Um, well, those are all our questions. That was very fun, and this is the most people we've ever had on the podcast at <laughs> once, and definitely the most people we ever had in a room recording oh, at yeah. once. Yeah. I think
4: it worked well though. Like, I was worried maybe there'd be too many people, but I think we all no? had good. Answer. I helps think we all had our moments. We've been
2: friends for like years. I mean, I guess I've met you guys like maybe a couple of years ago now, but yeah. You guys have known each other for a long time. That helps. Yeah. yeah.
4: yeah. I, I do have to do a quick um mention since I'm the one that went through the dozens of emails about earplugs while swimming. <laughs> we did not mean to offend anyone when we said you should not wear earplugs. Let's just leave it at that. But I'm fully in the boat of like, if you have a medical thing or your vertigo and it's like Makes you more comfortable and able to get out of the water and bike and run safely. We are not anti earplug. Let's just clarify that. Neither. I
1: I feel like I'm the one who needs. I feel like I'm the one who needs to be saying this. I was just taking. Apologize
2: before you get canceled. I was just
1: taking the like (laughs) devil's advocate here of like, here's what's cool, and I'm pretty sure, like in my mind, we left it off as if you have a condition, of course, just like do the thing. But as I we thought back about all the people that we swam with through the years, hundreds of swimmers, it's like. It just, it feels like, yes, it could be uncomfortable to begin with, but it is possible to get through it. But if you don't feel like getting through it, that's fine. We were just yeah. saying earplugs another, are not.
4: A, another crazy thing. A thing. we do. Another crazy thing is I think more people wear them than we think. Because you can't see it. No, people have sun caps on. Yeah. So I do think a lot of people actually use them, especially in cold water. And I'm just saying this because I read literally dozens of emails about, mm-hmm. I wear earplugs. Here's my experience with earplugs. Mm-hmm. Earplugs are great. So. Mm. Yeah. Anyway, just wanted to do a quick mention of that since it was a hot topic.
2: Plus, if someone wants to circle swim with you, you can just pretend like you can't hear them. And keep <laughs> yeah. I was actually
1: had a full on conversation, one sided conversation with a dude wearing like the, really? the Apple Shuffle oh in headphones. I was like, "It's okay if I jump in here with you." Okay, awesome. You can't hear me anyway. No Are you gonna do breaststroke? Sick. I love yeah. it. And he just like looks up at me after I've been talking to him for like thirty seconds yeah. and just like waves.
2: Yeah. Like. Cool.
1: Okay, awesome. Have a nice day. <laughs> awesome.
2: <laughs> yeah, that was funny.
1: Good that talk.
4: Funny. I don't think that headphones in the pool are a bad thing. Like, there's no danger concerns. Like, if you're outside on a trail. Oh,
3: okay. so I've never worn them. On. I, I oh have, man, if I it's is like music the, in the water. If good? I like, didn't feel like a total, total exactly. kook, oh. but
2: we're putting them on. So first of all, it doesn't okay. sound good. Sound conducts way better through a solid, through or, sorry, through a liquid than it does through the air. So it they work great. You can it mm-hmm. doesn't sound the same as like as, as out in the open, open, but you a hundred percent sounds like music and it's fun. I also want to say that I would like to do a little test of a bunch of different, uh, underwater headphones. So Mm. if you work at in marketing at one of these headphone companies and you want to send me some, I want to test a bunch out and do a little like report on it in a couple of months. Mm. So I've already used one pair. Um, but I'm, I might buy a few others or like reach out because I, I don't know if I did must you, not be the only person did interested.
1: you use the ones that go fully in your ear no did you use ones that like rest on your jawbone no, yes those yes. are those are pretty cool yeah oh, they, they
3: are cool are they what the kids use at the pool
1: that I think those are fully in their ears I, but I'm not totally sure the kids at the bend pool all have headsets on so their coach is just standing on deck like
3: talking to them Jimmy
1: oh. Jimmy pick up your stroke yeah. oh my
3: gosh because yes. I was like
1: Let's go, Karen. I would have actually gone insane in swim team as a kid if I I had my coach in my ear.
0: So fast!
3: Wow. Wow. Imagine my voice in your ear the whole time. I'd be like
1: having nightmares, waking up with my coach's voice in my head. Eric,
2: do you know what's cool about them though? With (laughs) the music is that they, since sound conducts through the liquid so well, when you're underwater, it's at a volume that whatever you your choosing, but when you're out of the water, someone that's sitting f- three feet away from you probably can't even tell yeah. that you're listening oh, no, to music. Oh, no, not at all. Uh, even if they're playing th- out into the open, like they're sitting right like two inches in front of your ear. Yeah. Of- what
1: mm-hmm. I think is kind of interesting about swimming, having grown up swimming and not having headphones and everything, is that is I feel like when I'm getting into a rhythm swimming, a song pops into my head that yeah. just like oh, fits with my stroke rate and it just like, and it plays on repeat and I just get into this like flow state with it and I kind of wonder sometimes with headphones if you just like if it's just on shuffle and you just keep kicking a new song in you're like missing a little bit of that opportunity for like the perfect song to come out of your subconscious mm. this is the yeah, artist
2: this true. is the artist wow yeah. Eric that well, we, yeah,
4: yeah, Rick, yeah, none of us have that problem <laughs> this <laughs> is why I go. can't
1: count in the pool I'm thinking about this stuff right yeah. I'm like are we on a 250 or yeah, a 150? Yeah.
0: Right. I feel like I have so many things to think about while I'm swimming that I couldn't possibly have music as well. Agree. Like, I'm like, okay, one, two, three, breathe. Okay, 10 to breathe. Yeah, okay, good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. side, side. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah.
4: yeah, yeah, yeah. That's funny.
2: No, I, when I was swimming with music, I really appreciated it. And then really? the, the headphones broke. And- I don't know. Yes, the longevity of So
4: things. Nick is fishing for free swimming uh, headphones?
1: 100%. <laughs> if anybody has uh, headphones, I would love to test them yeah. <laughs> forever. <laughs> forever. Forever.
2: But no, I mean, I... Very I, long-term I, test. I engineer and mix music as part of what I do for you a living. You are actually so I, qualified I a, for this test. I am qualified, and I swim poorly. Uh, and I would love to have a distraction while I swim. So I'm going to test a few out and then come back with some results for our listeners. Mm.
4: Uh Sorry, I need to do one more tangent. Actually, I
1: just want to say, if, if this doesn't happen, we're just going to buy some headphones for this test. Okay, uh, we'll great. take it out of the the pod budget. Great.
2: Awesome.
4: Actually, I don't need to say my thing. I'll do it next week. Okay. You heard it there.
1: Yeah. You better tune in next you're week.
2: Yeah. In. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a perfect segue, guys. Good yeah. luck. I hope the trip goes really well. Um, obviously, nice. the four of you are going to meet back up uh, in Milwaukee. Actually, Eric, you're going to be there too, right? Yeah.
1: I'm going to be there too. Yeah. Yeah.
2: yeah. And that'll be fun. And we'll all be watching. When is that race so people can watch it? Saturday. It's yeah. Saturday, guys. So
0: no. Saturday. It's not, it's not August, Saturday. Next weekend. August fifth. Yeah. We start 4:15 p.m. local time. Yeah. The women's race. Yeah. Which is is it? Central? Is that Eastern Central. or Central? I'm pretty sure it's
1: Central.
2: Central. Well, don't take our word for it. It's more. Go to the time. go to
1: the PTO website and yeah. they'll they'll have all the information. The professional yeah. Triathletes Organization.
2: Um, okay, so Zach and Ellie, where can people find you? Or is there anything that you'd like to kind of like plug here?
0: Uh, the best place to find me is on probably on Instagram, just elliesalthouse. Um, yeah.
3: And Zach, what about you? Um, I'm the same, just on Instagram. You can uh, find me through Ellie's page. I'm <laughs> Zachy <laughs> underscore Collins. I might like change it to Zach Collins.
2: Oh, but, uh, God. Yeah, see, that's, what, that's, that's what's messing
3: me up. Yeah, I know. I'm sorry. I'm going to
1: do a quick shout out and say that Salty Groove Collection just came out today. Uh, yeah. It's yeah. going to be several days old when this podcast comes out, but Zoot hired me to do the video for Ellie's apparel launch. It's super fun. Watch the video and buy yourself a super fun. Yep.
4: Yeah. Yeah. And also uh, a big thanks to Ellie and Zach for sitting through the pod for an hour. Yeah, hanging out here in our hot, that sweaty been, office. They've been yeah. the best house guests ever oh, so we're don't gonna miss, leave. Yeah, we we're don't gonna miss leave. you oh, we're gonna
0: miss you guys yeah. and Flynn <laughs> and Flynn you yes. yeah. might actually
4: be taking Flynn with you <laughs> yeah I mean, we're okay with
0: that
4: <laughs> all right well we'll catch up with you guys next week I guess we'll do one more podcast before Milwaukee but um, that's true thanks for the questions keep sending them in
2: yeah at that life.com slash podcast thanks so much everyone.
1: later
4: bye bye,
2: bye. bye.